And now, another cup of... The London Fog. Welcome! We're back again! To another <laughs> cup of the London Fog, guys. Yep. Are you ready for this? I'm so excited. I'm not ready for this. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. I'm glad our preparation levels are really on professional level. <laughs> hey, nobody's paid us yet. We don't have to be professional. I know. But I was looking online and like we have people listening all over. So if you're in South America, we're saying hi. If you're in Finland, we have people in Finland. I'm saying hi. That seems weird. We, Why would someone I know, want to listen? but I'm really excited about it. <laughs> and then we have people in Australia. That's probably because of your stickers. Yes, my <laughs> stickers are getting out. The world. And people in Mexico. <laughs> I was very excited. I was like looking at the little map, and I was all like, "Oh, we're so, we're so popular." Okay. Not quite yet, but we're going to get there. That's pretty popular. That's more popular than a lot of people. Right? (laughs) You foggies, that's what I've dubbed are are the people, the small group of people that have listened in (laughs) Finland and Mexico. (laughs) You are part of a world organization of Anglophiles and people that have nothing better to do but listen to us talk. (laughs) Sad. It's sad. Get out. Take a walk. What am I doing? No, no. no. Listen to this podcast you you as you walk. While you walk. Yeah, yeah. We we support exercise. So how's your life been? Let's just take a sweet moment. Um, well, today somebody hit my car. Oh, but my car's fine. No. I just want to complain about it. You should uh, let it out. Yeah. So that was annoying. I've been about fifteen to thirty minutes late to everything I've done today. <laughs> Nailed it. everything. Uh, I've had like five different things on my schedule. I've been late to all of them. I was wondering where you were at. But also at the same time, I was like, well, I guess I will not record as I usually do in my gym clothes. And I showered. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome for being late so you can shower. (laughs) Right? Take a picture of me as I... This is literally the first time that we've not both been in gym clothes. Exactly. And stinky or sweaty after going on a walk or gym. Maybe the sweat inspires us so you guys tell us if you think that this episode is worse than others because we're clean yeah exactly (laughs) because it could be drier because we're just not releasing all those endorphins yeah yeah and actually this is the first episode we have ever recorded where we are not caffeinated we didn't make tea we didn't have coffee oh my gosh we're not even drinking tea what what are we what are we i don't even have water on the table this is... We are hypocrites. <laughs> this is bad. This is bad. This is our worst episode yet. It no! It hasn't even started. I'm actually really excited. I did a lot of like research on mine, and I'm feeling really excited about it. I was still really jet-lagged this week, so my, my research was minimal, mm-hmm. and my story will not make that much sense. But you know what? I hope to inspire you guys to research the actual facts. Right? Well, that's my <laughs> other thing I realized, that like talking, because this our theme today is war stories or like big battles in British history, I realized that I don't understand any military terms. Mm. So they're all like, and they took him by the flank or something. And I'd be like, "Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-huh. And he came from the Northwest and I'd be like, nobody cares about that. No one cares the direction. We just want to know the goods. Maybe people care. Maybe we'd love to have a lot of military men listening to our show. Yeah. If there's people out in Afghanistan... Listening, but they're not because they're not on the map yet. 
I've seen our math that shows us where our listeners. Well, maybe come they from. use maybe they use secret IP <gasps> addresses. Yeah, VPN stuff, and that's Finland. why we have Finnish <laughs> listeners. If you're from Finland, I don't know how to say anything in Finnish. How do you say hello in Finnish? No, <laughs> <laughs> don't make fun of somebody's culture. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't. It was just a weird noise that I made because I was about to say something in Finnish because I was recently listening to My Favorite Murder and they went to a show. They had a show in... Helsinki? I don't know. That's the only place I I know in Finland. I'm actually not sure if their show was in Finland or like it was just in a country near there and they had some Finnish people there okay. and, so, and they were pronouncing things in Finnish and someone was helping them. And so I was just trying to say what I heard them say, but yeah. it just didn't, didn't work. Well, like, this oh. is what I got for us. Hey. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> or hello. <laughs> well, they were pronouncing like names of cities. So I was, mm. even if I had remembered how to say it, it wouldn't have been a thing. <laughs> I think that's really awesome that in Finnish, hello, it's just hey. <laughs> I should ask Craig. That's where he served his Mormon mission. Mm. Okay. My bro. Okay. Well, I have watched no new shows. I've actually been having a social life. Crazy. I know. Mm-hmm. Who needs it? Maybe you should start watching Poldark. Poldark? What's that? <gasps> oh my goodness. Kate. Am I behind? Yeah. I'm always behind with anything that t- TV is involved. No. Pool Dark is also on Masterpiece Theater. <gasps> I love Masterpiece. Another shout out um, to PBS Masterpiece, BBC. And it's this... Bravo. Yeah, BBC One, I guess, for those of you not in America. Yeah. And it's this guy, Captain Pool Dark, and he fought in the Revolutionary War on the British side. Ooh, like Sharps? Do you remember Sharps? It was like young Sean Bean. I don't know who Sean Bean is. Uh, Lord of the Rings, the guy that's going to steal the ring. Oh, okay. And he's old, and then he was played Stark, um, Eddard Stark, in until he was beheaded by King John. Oh, that's, okay. That's Sean okay. Bean. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, when he was young and sexy. Anyway, continue. I didn't know that he was young and sexy. He was. Okay. Well, <laughs> anyway, so yeah. So Poldark is the guy who, yeah, he, after the war, he returns to Cornwall and his father is dead and his one true love is marrying someone else. And, you know, a lot of stuff happens. <laughs> I'm excited. I, f- I think you would like it. Is I it on Netflix? Would... I can't Amazon. Remember. It might be Amazon. Amazon. I Amazon most things now. Amazon and Hulu. Yeah, I think Amazon has all of the good uh, BBC yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, because I think a lot of things got pulled from Netflix. Yeah. But did you know that if you travel to different countries? So when I, I was did know that. Tr- like in uh, Austria for a few months doing some singing there, their Netflix was highly superior to American Netflix. Well, the Netflix in Australia had. Like, all of the shows. So you didn't have to skip around to Hulu and yeah. Amazon or whatever. It's just all there. Why Why are they so privileged? Do they, like, only have that as a medium? Do they not have, like, Hulu there? So that's yeah, why everything yeah. is just, like, So Netflix, Netflix can get the rights to everything. Oh. Yeah. They're so lucky. Damn you, Netflix in America. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Enough I'm, of that. Enough of that. Let's talk about battles and war and sad things. Yes. 
I want to start. I want to okay, start. that's good, because I started last time. Because <laughs> mine, I feel really good about it. But one more time, I'm going to preface that I don't understand anything military. <laughs> I. Like terms. I'm going to pretend that I do and correct you. And strategies. <laughs> or, in my case, nautical terms. Because oh, my. I actually used to work for the Navy Library in Washington, D.C. There so you I go. do know nautical terms. Okay. And I will correct you. I definitely <laughs> took a lot of them out because I was all like, screw that. Nobody needs to know what that is. So, um, this is a, definitely a learning experience. So, I want to talk about the Battle of Trafalgar. Okay. Hey, a goodie. So, it was a naval battle fought by the British Royal Navy against the fleets of the French and Spanish navies during the Third Coalition of the Napoleonic Wars. So, what are the coalitions? Exactly. I had to look that up because I was all like, what is a coalition? Um, It's just... It's a term for the temporary partnership of alliances to defend a cause. So in this case, the French and the Spanish, the French just wanted to, like Napoleon just wanted to invade and conquer everything. Yeah. And the Spanish were really sick of being ruled by the British. Mm-hmm. And so they just made this coalition because he did this a lot of the time. I mean, France isn't a really big place. So I think I was looking at up. I, at least I got into that there were eight coalitions. There's probably way more of that. But he would just like partner up with another country that hated a different country that he wanted to invade. Okay. He had ideas. Napoleon. <laughs> Smart guy. Smart guy. <laughs> and uh, so yeah. So they partnered up. Uh, Napoleon wanted to conquer uh, Britain And the Spanish no longer wanted to be under their rule. So they decided we're going to invade. The only way to invade, though, was to take over the kind of the passing in front of Spain. There's Trafalgar. There's the Cape of Trafalgar and Gibraltar. And that's where a huge British fleet were. And so Mm -hmm. they need to pass through it. Okay. So at this time, the English had a very strong navy. But what was, like, just their navy versus Napoleon? Because at this time, like, Napoleon has won many wars. And, I mean, across the world today, still, like, in military schools, they still teach Napoleon's strategies and tactics. Like, he was really... I mean, I don't know tons about Napoleon. I went to his grave in Paris. (laughs) I went to By grave, I mean gigantic, ginormous tomb. (laughs) Which, I mean, I get... Maybe this is how much I don't know. Like, there was the French Revolution, and then there was Napoleon. Was he just making sure that they kept on with this revolution, not only to revitalize and change France, but to grow and expand? I don't know. I think he took it. He took advantage of the revolution to be like, hey, yeah, hey, I'm a commoner now, now. I can be in charge. Now I can be the emperor. And, uh, I think he was just insane. Yeah, a little bit, definitely. Oh my gosh, we have to talk about sociopaths and narcissists one day. I just that is it. And isn't that what we're talking about with Napoleon? Right I mean, now? right? <laughs> oh, it's just so fascinating. Anyway. Famous British sociopaths. So that even though a- the English have like this strong navy. Um, just didn't know what was going to happen against Napoleon. So here we have the entrance of Vice Admiral Horatio Lord Nelson, who was a duke. Who cares? <laughs> I care. <laughs> Leah cares, but I don't know. He was like the first duke of something. Who knows? 
Was he a duke before he was Lord Nelson, or did he become like he, given his dukedom? No, the he battle? was like uh, a part of like a wealthy family. His uncle was in the military. He joined the military. We both love him and we hate him. I mean, I love him and I hate him because he definitely fought against America and the America and American Wars of Independence. Mm. Um, and after the British lost, oh, and America won, yay! <laughs> but we still love our brothers across the pond. Um, he was unemployed in the military. Until the French Revolution began, which wasn't too much farther after the American Revolution had ended. Yeah. Wait, so when is... So So this is... The Battle of Trafalgar happens at 1805. Okay. I'm just wondering because I just looked it up and he was created a duke in 1799. So he wasn't a hereditary duke. Right. So he must have done He just awesome had things. like a wealthy family. He got done. And I think what started to happen is he became a part of more of like given that title or status because he did a lot of cool shit Uh during the French Revolution where I'm just about to get there. He re-entered service during uh, the French Revolution and during that time he fought in many battles and he sustained many wounds so I think and uh, during combat so I think because he was always getting like beat the hell up but he was doing really well with these battles and winning quite Mm -hmm. a bit that I think they then bestowed upon him dukedom Mm -hmm. if that is a word (laughs) it is yes (laughs) um he lost the sight in one eye in a battle and then in another battle he lost part of his arm in an attempt Mm. to conquer something in spain santa cruz de neferife probably said that completely wrong so now lord nelson is one-eyed and one-armed. <laughs> I wonder if it was like the same side or a different side. I don't know. Because I feel like that is important. I mean, he still has his eye. He just can't now see out of it. Okay. So, it, but it definitely had one of those glazy overlooks. <laughs> and now he has only one arm. So. I, he, I feel like that's a pretty good, he should have been a pirate. Oh, I know. Of, because now he's in the yeah. Navy. Definitely get yourself an eye patch. Anymore, the last time I saw somebody in an eye patch, they like bedazzled it with jewels. I'm not sure if I've ever seen anyone in an eye patch. Really? Like, besides it's a joke, <laughs> you know? I, oh, I much rather have somebody with an eye patch than seeing like an open socket. Have you seen that? No, but I mean, like, I know somebody who has a fake eye. Like, now oh, they do mostly like, just eye. put in a glass eye. Yeah. Are they expensive? Do you know? Why would they're, now? They're pretty expensive, and the reason, or at least I think hers are, because the reason I say that is because sometimes a lot of weird things happen to them, and she still insists on like cleaning it and keeping it. So I feel like okay. they must be hard to replace. Yeah, but hers looks it like Look looks good. like her other eye, okay. you know. So like I've only seen it once. It was a librarian in Ireland. I walked into this library, and the man, no eye patch, open socket. Oh. Yep. True story. I was like... <laughs> That's scary. And okay. how are you supposed to, like, look somebody in the eye and, like, actually, like, be looking into just one eye and not the whole... <laughs> I'm an awful person, but it's true. I was all like, uh, where do I look? Hmm. So, with that in mind, he does still have Lord an eye. Lord Nelson. Okay. Lord Nelson still has an eye, but he can't see out of okay. it. He's got okay. one arm. He's scrappy. So... That brings us to October 21st, 1805, is the Battle of Trafalgar. Okay. 
of course, there have been plenty of battles that lead up to this, but on this day was when Napoleon's Navy, being commanded by, I practiced this name a billion times. I'm going to probably still screw it up. Vice Admiral Pierre-Charles de Villeneuve and <laughs> Sorry. Admiral Don Federico Gravina. Nailed it, guys. I mean, you guys don't know. You watch somebody's going to like send me an audio and be like, that was the worst and this is how you say it, but I feel really good about it. Villeneuve. Um, set course to defeat the British fleet off the western mouth of the Straits of Gibraltar. Right there. Nautical terms. Mouth and straits. Don't really know what they mean, but it just means the Cape of Gibraltar. It was right there. Okay. Like... Just don't understand why we have to call it the mouth and the straits. That's not really a nautical term. That's a geographical term. Kind of. Ocean. Like the water. Well, yeah. (laughs) But that's still nautical. Yeah, I guess. Nautical geography. (laughs) So, all fancy terms. Who cares? The Franco-Spanish fleet had 33 ships, where Britain, uh, being led by Lord Nelson, only had 27. So, here we go. One more time. Underdog story. One-armed, one-eyed Horatio versus Napoleon's fleet with 33 big-ass ships. They're ready to take down because they this is their entrance. If they plow through this fleet, then they can safely get to Britain and invade. This mm-hmm. is the only thing that's in their way is this Which fleet. Which is kind of funny because, you know, I feel like there's there's a lot more direct channels Right. From France. <laughs> but right. I guess the, well, they their wanted, navy's down there anyway. Well, they needed their navy, but also, I don't think France's military, and Napoleon wasn't a dumb man, I don't think his military alone could take over Britain. So he had to go and pick up his Spanish brothers. So he swung out by Gibraltar, picked them up, was taking the fleet, and wanted to go and invade. Crazy. I know this is weird, but when you talk about battle like that, it just... All I can think of is Game of Thrones. Game like, of Thrones. Yeah. I've, 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 I've seen water dun, battles. Dun, dun, dun. In Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's true. Like at first, I was all like, I don't get how you fight on water. I still don't understand how you fight on water because it was giving me then like how Cannons. this exactly how this like battle went down, but like the strategy of how to fight on the water. The strategy is that you have to. Your boat has to point this way so that. The people cannot you, the, see what your hands are doing. <laughs> your boat, you can't have that much of your boat facing them so they can shoot their cannons. And if you if you point your boat so that your cannon can shoot it, then, then you have to like point it away so that you have a smaller surface. It's, it's a lot of see, work. See, this is going very well. No one understood anything that you just said. <laughs> and I even have hand motions. This is where I was all like, I don't know how to talk about this. They say that like for a long time, like the tradition was actually to get just parallel. It was the only way and for you guys yeah, to just other. shoot, 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 shoot until everybody was pretty much dead. And then it's like, all right, whose ship is sinking? Yeah, pretty much. Like, who could take down the other ship faster? And so we're slowly evolving into more of this, I'm going to hit you at a more, like, perpendicular point. We're going to make 90 degree angles here. Mm-hmm. Um, so the battle is about to start, and that's when Lord Nelson gives his little pep talk to the rallying troops. He says, England expects that every man will do his duty. Mm-hmm. I thought he could say something a little more exciting, but that's all he said. Well, it's kind of like we were talking about last time with, like, 
English people winning awards. They just do things for the glory and the, like, honor of it. And it's duty. You know, like, the whole keep calm and carry on. It's all about just keeping propriety, almost. This is your duty. (laughs) It's like, okay, great words. So he divides his 27 ships into two columns and puts his strongest ships in front of these two columns. Mm-hmm. This usually was not the way it was. Usually it was one big long column with all of your best stuff in the front because you're already kind of expecting that your baby ships are going to do as much as they can, hopefully destroy as much as they can in this parallel kind of fight. But once you start shifting your bigger, heavier artillery is in the middle to take care of the job. Um, but that's not what he did. This was very dangerous and it was like a different... Ac- Approach than how most naval battles had taken place. Like I said, you'd run up parallel. But Nelson decided to attack in two columns to break up the Franco fleet. So they're still in one line of ships. And then you have two columns approaching perpendicular. So making kind of like a 90 degree angle in the water. And so they were able to take out their fleet much quicker of the Allied fleet, that's the French and the Spanish fleet, they were kind of in their one line. And because there was so much damage done to their fleet quicker, they ended up having more trouble. Um, Of course, Nelson had to sell this big idea to his captains to make sure that everybody was in the same right mind to make sure that they go, go, go and attack. Um... He also placed the biggest ships at the head. His was called Victory. And then his Vice Admiral, Cuthbert Collingwood. Cuthbert. I loved his name. I love all of their names. Horatio. Horatio. Cuthbert. I mean. He's so good. So we have, he's, Horatio's on the Victory and Cuthbert is on the Royal Sovereign. These are great boat names. <laughs> and... The result was to break up the Allied, li- uh, the Allied line and expose its center. And this result changed history. The fleet brought in a victory in which 19 of the 33 ships were captured or destroyed. This is the best part. How many ships do you think that the British lost? Wait, how many of the other ones were destroyed? They destroyed 19, so Franco-Spanish fleet, they had 33. The British had 27. They destroyed, the British destroyed 19 ships. How many? And the British won. And the British won. I would say two. They lost none. That's pretty None, son. (laughs) A blind man that has no arm. (laughs) Lost no ships. But Nelson was killed in battle. 30 minutes before the end of the battle, it was sure that the British had won. Lord Nelson had taken a bullet from a sniper in the chest. And his finals were... Wait, how are snipers shooting across the sea, across these boats? Like I say, this they like get makes close. makes no sense. Makes per- no, it doesn't. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> that I'm all like, I don't understand military tactics that's why i just make a podcast and sing okay that's my life (laughs) so he took a bullet in the chest 
from a sniper. His final words were, now I am satisfied. Thank God I have done my duty. Back to duty. British people, you rock. Just so classy. Yeah, I don't think that I would... I'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm dying. This wasn't worth it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the, the victory at the Battle of Trafalgar ensured that Napoleon would never invade Britain. There's no possibility he would ever make it to Britain. And so Lace, uh, Nelson was hailed as the savior of his nation and was given a funeral at St. Paul's Cathedral in London. Ooh, that's a nice place for a funeral. Right? And that is why we have... Trafalgar Square was renamed after the epic battle, and in the middle of that square is a tall column that at the top is a statue that was erected that has a picture or the bust of Nelson. And then they renamed... I'm pretty sure that I've walked past that many, many a time and not noticed his bust. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all the way up on that column. Okay, all right. I mean, I think everybody knows the column, but you kind of look up there and you're like, who's that? And if you even see Nelson on the bottom, you're like, don't know who that was. At least I didn't know. Well, like, I'm. this is the funny thing about it, actually. I knew who Lord Nelson was. Right, I've I mean, everybody does, known, because he's done a lot through... But I don't think I knew... I, I guess in my head, he didn't have such a varied career. You know what I mean? Very if varied, and like, he's a oh, hero. I know he did this, and I know he, he did, you know. Right. And then, But then it's like... I don't know. You just are like, okay, you you won that one war, so your career must have ended. I don't know. No. I mean, I think it's pretty badass. Mind you, in the square, he has two arms and two eyeballs. That's true. So, like, a lot of stuff happened. Because he definitely was a man that, like, sacrificed himself for his country. Guys, Lord Nelson. What a winner. He was super duper cool. He was super duper cool. <laughs> was he though? He was. I think, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, like, as I was reading and then reading all the things that he did in the American War, I was all like, oh, well, hmm. But, you know, we all have times. <laughs> we, we're now a nation with a certain president that not many people like and that's true. Looking but back, we gave them Lord an American Nelson princess. Was much better about <laughs> So, you know. Did we give that, her to them or did she flee from this horrible run. place? No. <laughs> so no, we we're going to get hate mail. Oh, so much hate mail. <laughs> but we. No, actually, anybody who's like listening to this probably agrees with us. It's let's true. Just, but we say. have this cool like brotherhood. Yes, it started with a lot of like trial and tribulation and wanting to rule over us and us being like no but now we're like best buds and now this podcast is our unity <laughs> this podcast that's what really brought us together as an as two nations that's what brought us together it's true no just kidding we've known each other for years this um. is true. also true but i'm going to say the podcast helped because that, before i was kind of not liking you anymore and i was like whatever over it you were desperate <laughs> to hang out with me and so you were like let's have a podcast let's make a so podcast forced, forced to hang out every the week forced. no i'm just kidding oh um, wait i looked I, up we actually hang out way less because we have the podcast because when we get together it's two podcasts it's true so like we don't actually just hang out anymore I looked up the monument, and and Nelson does not have a second hand. 
It's like pin. He has no hand. We'll put it on the Instagram. I wonder when he lost his hand. It was in that second battle. Hold on. I got it right here. At the... Do-do-do. I'm gonna find it. Maybe I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) At the Battle of Santa Cruz. You're gonna make me say the one I don't know how to say again. (laughs) Te Neferife? I don't know. It was in the Canary Islands. That would be kind of Spanish pronunciation, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, that was 1797. 1797. And he was actually defeated there. So could you imagine? So, you lose okay. your arm and you lost the battle. But they gave him a dukedom two years after that. So maybe it was like the queen was like, or the king at that point was like, oh, right. uh, he lost his arm. You know what? Let's make him a duke. That'll make up for That'll it. That'll do it. <laughs> I mean, he definitely had a lot more battles. Like, the following year, he won a huge victory over the Battle of the Nile when they were in Egypt. And then he did a ton of shit in the Mediterranean. So then, I think that's when he got his dukedom. Oh, okay. I think he but was kind of like a loser, like an underdog. a little bit because he lost his arm. And he lost his arm. I Guys, just, I'm never going to let that go. I just really like the thought that, Blind like... in one eye. <laughs> and one arm. Yeah. I like that. All right. I mean, I don't like that, but you you know what I mean. It makes a good story. It is a good story. And maybe more people. Wait, no. Never mind. <laughs> let's 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 not skip on. and your turn. Yeah. Okay, so I I mean, I don't think we've discussed my obsession with Outlander yet. Oh my gosh. On this well, show. it's because it's Scotland, and I think we had kind of agreed that we could do more of the United Kingdom, that it just didn't have to be England itself. Yeah. So we haven't really expanded that. But we haven't but expanded that let much. me testify, Leah loves Outlander. Not just because of the show that's been made. Oh, no. I actually don't watch the show. <laughs> she, well, we watched, like, a, the first season, well, I watched the first season, but... I've never every watched time I watch Every time I watch the show, I'm like, oh, I could just read the books again, so I'll just do that. Read the books. <laughs> and you've met her. Right? Or yeah, you've gone to a concert, uh, not concert, uh, like a conference? I have she met her and... What's her name? Diane? I, nobody knows how to say Diana's last name, so let's not. Let's <laughs> but, grab our Yeah. But, um, and then also one time I went to um, a, a, a book festival in Oxford to go hear her speak. And it was awesome. Nailed it. Um, so yeah, everybody read Outlander. Don't watch the show. Actually, I've heard good things about the show, so I won't say don't watch the show. It just... It's I, not for me. It's not for me. And I also am not ritzy and have stars. And I think it's on stars. That's true. That also was one of the things. Like, who has cable? Who has cable, right? <laughs> just buy your HBO or steal it from a friend for your Game of Thrones. Yeah. Get on there. And that's that's what I do. <laughs> if there was Outlander on there, maybe I'd watch it. <laughs> Outlander should be on HBO. Let's start, start a petition. Step it up. <laughs> okay. Anyway, side note. So, because of that, I decided, oh man, dang it, I am not going to be able to say this. I decided to discuss a story from the Battle of Culloden? Nailed it. Don't, no question marks, just sell it to Culloden. the people. Culloden. That's right. It, they don't know imagine anything. Imagine that in a Scottish <laughs> accent. Nope. No. Culloden? Culloden. You know what, here's the thing. I've never heard anyone, I've never heard anyone say it. Probably had I continued to watch the show, I would have. Oh, yeah. Um, 
And then when you, you know, you read things the phonetic way, it doesn't, I don't know how to read things phonetically. I don't know. <laughs> I can't I, do I that. Know. I can't read. So anyway, let's, let's give a little backstory. So the battle of C, the God, just call C. it Culloden, Culloden, Culloden. If okay. you want to improve us, don't, we don't care that much. Yeah. Or, or yeah. send us an email. Send us an email with a voicemail thing to pronounce right. it. Right. Londonfogpodcast at gmail.com. Yes. Please continue. Okay. So <laughs> it was the final confrontation of the Jacobite Rising of 1745. Nice. So that was, if you didn't know, an attempt by Charles Stuart to regain the throne for his father, James Stuart, and the House of Stuart. Mm-hmm. So, short backstory, what happened is Queen Anne, last monarch of the House of Stuart, died. She had no living children. So she was succeeded by her second cousin, George, of the House of Hanover, who was a descendant of the Stuarts, blah, blah, blah. Um, anyway, wait, my history of this is really bad, and so I don't, I don't know where Charles comes in. Anyway, Hanover, Hanover is the house now, yeah, and the Stuarts want it back, but Charles is related some, I don't think he's any more closely related than George is, right? I have no idea. Anyway. I gotta, yeah, we really do need to make that, like, history chart. Yeah. So I'm sorry that I don't have that history, because I'm just talking about this battle, and I can't get into it. But, basically, Charles and James are off in France living, because they can't live in the UK, because, you know, they're in exile. Mm -hmm. And James is fine with that. Charles is like, hey, if I go back there, I could be a king in the future, so I'm gonna go get get the throne for my dad. He has a lot of... Um, support in Scotland, um, some English, not that many, and so they end up fighting this battle. It's the final battle. They've been fighting battles, they've been doing pretty good, but this is like the last battle that they fight, and the British win. So I just ruined the story. Um, which I guess, but we all knew that because we knew that Charles didn't become king. Um, so anyway, so, so... The way I took this was, I, instead of telling the story of the battle, I picked a story of someone who was in the battle okay. that I was going to tell, but I'm just going to give like a little bit of history of the battle just before I tell that story. Okay. So, you know, it was basically, it was like the Jacobites and the British, they fought, the battle was very brief, um, 2,000 Jacobites were killed or wound, wounded, uh, only like 300 British soldiers were wounded or killed. So it was... Pretty lopsided. (laughs) It was very bloody. There was, you know, and the Jacobites were all driven from the field. So in the aftermath of this, um, there was a lot of... um, So they basically, like, disbanded all of the Jacobites. They they kind of... uh, because all of the, you know, like the Highland Scots had like clans or whatever. Yeah. They kind of like disbanded the clans. They made everyone like swear that they would follow the British government. A lot of people were jailed for years and years and years. Um, and, you know, they sent some people off to like Australia and America to the colonies, like to get them away <laughs> so that they couldn't you know, ever uprise again. Were we just another penal colony? What were we talking about that last time? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. It was a very bloody, very sad, sad for, you know, all of the Scottish. And 
anyway, so that's that's the background rising. Okay. So I am going to tell a story from the battle, which is the story of William Home. So is that home with an L? No. No. It's home. H O M E. Okay. William Home. Home. Um, so William Home was only 14 years old and he ran off to join the Jacobite army. Uh, I don't know why they let 14 year olds join. I feel like even back then you probably had to be like 16, right? No. no. I mean, have I guess you they had like 12, Braveheart? I guess, yeah, they had like 12 year olds with the drums or whatever. So, so when he's 14, his, he was Enzyme, Enzyme William Home. I don't know what that means. Okay. Um, and his job was to carry the standard at the ba- he did it at the Battle of Falkirk, which was a previous battle, and this Battle of Culloden. Um, so he was born in 1731. He was the only son of Patrick Holm mm-hmm. of Langrig. I cannot pronounce that. That's fine. Name. Nope, you who, nailed it. Don't yes. let the people know. Um, <laughs> who was a maltster, it says, which I hmm. think maybe has something to do with beer malt malt i don't know um anyway so he he signed up for jacob by army very early on mm-hmm. on occasion he acted as an aide to prince charles okay so you know he was kind of up there so he actually was given some gifts from prince charles a miniature of himself a medal you know, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. which you can all see on display at the Culloden Visitor Center if you go to the battle and visit in Scott's Perfect. Perfect. So, you know. So, um, the way we know what happened about him is he wrote a letter home to his dad. Um, so, he's, so I'm just going to like, it's, this is a brief thing from the letter just about the battle. So it said, the first troop of lifeguards commanded by Lord Echo and posted on the right of the front line were the first that gave way. In a very short time, the infantry of this line broke their ranks and left their ground. No efforts were made by the second line, at least none of any consequence. Um, they did not fire a shot and indeed, th- or the French auxiliaries did not fire a shot and indeed through the whole of their uprising from their landing in Scotland, I never thought them of much use. So Charles brought some French with mm-hmm. him to fight. Um, from the line giving way and the second line not being very forward, the route became general and the confusion inexpressible in that situation of affairs. The prince quitted the field and not long before, and not before, as has been alleged by some. And even then he went off with the utmost reluctance, the bridle of his horse having been seized and forcibly turned about after crossing the river. He dismissed the horsemen that were with him. They were ordered to proceed to Ruthen Barracks and Bed. Knock, and there to wait the arrival of Lord George Murray. He accordingly came on the Saturday immediately following the day of the battle. He drew us all out and made a short speech, which he concluded by telling us to shift for ourselves as there were no more occasion for our services. So sounds like William was like pretty uh, brainwashed into the Stuart cause. He was like so okay. into Charles and he, because I mean, according to his letter, Charles didn't want to leave the battlefield and was dragged away. But what I've heard is that Charles, I don't know, was not a great leader at the battle. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what's real. But so um, William, after the battle, was captured and he was imprisoned in Stirling Castle before being transferred to Carlisle Castle. So he was tried for treason and condemned to death on the 19th of September, 1746. Uh. Um so, which I guess makes sense because they were all tried for treason right. pretty much because that was treasonous to go against the king. Right. So he was supposed to be executed on the 17th of October 
um, after he, so he was condemned to death on the 19th, so he, about mm-hmm. a month later. And they chose that day because it was a market day for the town so that more numbers oh. of people could observe the execution. Oh. So they kind of did this, like, after the battle, they would, like, executions and stuff, they like, force the Why people to watch it. Why was this a form of entertainment? Well, it wasn't really entertainment at this point for, like, the reason that they, that the British was, were doing it was to be like, this is what happens if you commit treason. Oh, I mean, so he was, he was killed in, like, Like, Scotland. still in Scotland. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yes. Yeah, that makes sense. Yes, back then, I think that some people did consider entertainment, you right. know, but, like, the British were doing this to be, like, you know, no more treason from you people. Right. <laughs> like, so, um... So yeah, so but um, the the one of the solicitors wrote, you know, wrote some letters and was like, hey, you know, yes, he was like one of the most guilty people because mm-hmm. he was like close to the close to the pretender. That's what they called Charles, um, and held his standard at the battle. But he was only fourteen years old. So so while he was in prison, um, this solicitor was write, wrote a petition to the king. And was and he wrote when when the rebellion broke out and your unhappy petitioner was first seduced to depart from his allegiance he was not yet fourteen years of age one fitter to be employed at school than waging rebellion but the appearance of some with whom your petitioner had been acquainted and the temptations of a military dress were the only inducements which first engaged and since hurries him on to taking of those steps which was which must now inevitably bring him to a miserable end unless it should graciously please your majesty out of your royal mercy other ways to dispense of him and spare the life which he has forfeited by his crime of rebellion oh isn't that like a great letter <laughs> like so who is this written by again the solicitor his lawyer okay his yeah lawyer. like wrote it to the to king george to Aww. try to spare him so um, the conditions in the prisons were really bad and there was concern for his health because there was like fever in the prison yeah. and his family was super sad because they were thinking that there was no way this petition was going to work because they kept hearing news and news that like more and more executions were happening everywhere. However, the, the letter did work and oh. he was eventually offered a pardon upon the condition that he enlisted in the service of the East India Company. You're free, you're free, but now you have to go to India. (laughs) So he, but it was kind of funny. So he was sent to Portsmouth, um, I guess there to get on a ship with Mm -hmm. the East India Company. And he, but he refused to enlist and was then sent back to the prison, which was like, William, because, I mean, if he started the war when he was, like, 14, at this point he's only, like, 16. So I don't really yeah. know um, what happened. But he never enlisted. He never got transported, like, to Australia or whatever. But instead, there was an error in paperwork. <laughs> and because of that, he was exiled. So he went to oh. go live on the con- continent. So then, this is this is where the story gets funny. So then he goes and he ends up entering the Prussian army of Frederick, Frederick the Great. Oh, yeah. And he rises to the rank of colonel and lives a full life. Oh, damn. Oh. Don't ask me what that was in my garage. Car, car just backfired. Yeah. If you guys heard that. <laughs> Sorry but, about that. But, yeah. Anyway, I just thought that was kind of a funny story. And then, at the end like, of the day, yeah. it turns out fine. Yeah. Like, not... I guess that wasn't, like, such a story about the battle, but just kind of, like, you know... Little history. Kind of the crazy things that happen, like, when 14-year-olds go to war. 
14 year olds are yeah. in it. But I mean, I think that was a huge part of things during that day. I've seen Braveheart. <laughs> and that's what I'm basing this off of. No, actually, so you brought this up and I just like checked in on my little pedigree chart because I needed to know. So like, I think I kind of understand they're fighting for Charles, right? To yeah, be they're king, right? Well, they're technically they're fighting George. for James. They're fighting for... And Charles is James' son. So yeah, they are fighting for Charles. Charles. Because okay. Charles wants to reinstate his father so that he can then be king right because i think that has to do with that whole so here not to like publicize or give credit to a movie that's coming out but i am kind of excited about it that mary queen of scots movie have you seen a preview for that i've not seen a preview but i've heard of it i've read many books about that history you know um and so i mean right there that's kind of i know that's like probably a decent like maybe 100 years back but mary has james the first Mm-hmm. who then has, you know, and while Elizabeth is on the Queen of England, Mary's the Queen of Scotland, until James becomes the the king, and then it's Charles. And so then it starts to fizzle down into seconds and thirds and this and that, but it ends up, there's the, like, the Tudor line and the Stuart line, and then somehow the Hanovers just get handed the kingdom, which is something I don't fully understand. And that's when... We have all these Jacobite rights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's what I'm wondering is, like, where did... Where did that come from? Because because the the reason that the Hanovers got it mm-hmm. is because they are related to the Stuarts. Right. So that's yes. why I'm wondering why it went there instead of to James. Like, if they're both related to Stuart. Like, because Anne didn't have right, any Right, why it just ended. James, Anne had, I think because Anne had no children, so then it skipped over to So then it, well, that's what I'm saying. Siblings. So, since Anne had no children, it went to one of her siblings' kids. So yeah, why right. was it, why was it the Hanover side and not the Stuart so side? We need to take a history of why the hell anything in British history and monarchs make any sense. Because I don't know. Yeah. Anne had no children. She has two brothers, Mary and William. William the Third. it looks like, rules for a bit. Well, you know why I think we're confused? is because it's it also is the confusion of, at one point, Scotland and England had different monarchs, and then they, like, blended together. And then they, like, blended, and, and then they, like... Then they did. Then they separated again, and then it was like, nope, we're gonna have one more arc. Yeah, then, yeah. You know. So I don't know. You guys, we're gonna do some research. <sighs> we're gonna keep working. We'll Just get enjoy back to you. the journey with us, because this isn't yeah. gonna be like it's gonna get fixed overnight. I mean, at this point, it's all tricky. we care about is the House of Windsor, right? We've somehow <laughs> gotten to Windsor. Yeah, we've gotten to Windsor. Which we think, don't know how. I don't know how. I mean, I think I do know how, but I can't. Kind see. of. Vaguely. I know that better than I know this Hanover crap. Hanover, <laughs> George the Third gives it to George the Fourth. Then that's when we have Victoria, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it goes to Edward, her son. So George the Third is when, I don't know. Yep, guys, we're going to just put okay. a pin in that, and okay. we'll come back to it yes. at a later date. Yeah. 
if, if anybody wants to create a beautiful family tree for us to look at, please do. Because the Email family trees I look at are all the family trees by specific house, and nobody tells me how they're connected. Right, right. <laughs> I found one. I'm, I'm going to put it maybe in a link on our Instagram. That okay. way people can look it up. But it is the one. Let me see. It's the BritRoyals.com pedigree chart. It's really a, it's a good one. Okay. Mind you, it's like minuscule small to read, but it gets... But if you guys have one of those 24-inch computer screens, maybe you'll be able to read it. Maybe it'll work. I have one at work, but I always feel like I shouldn't be blowing up this sort of thing. (laughs) People are like, why aren't you working? Why are you looking up this? Not me. I was watching the royal wedding at work, and people are all like, okay. (laughs) This girl's crazy. It's like a month past. Yeah. All right, guys. I think that's enough rambling for this cup. Is it? With (laughs) With the lack of cuppage. We, just, know. we promise that next time we will drink some tea. Yeah. And tell you about it. At the beginning, we used to tell them what kind of tea we were drinking. We were so good. And we, we were, get back we were helping people. Discover more of life. <laughs> yes. I feel like also we need to like kind of have a proper tea sometime with a little sconage. Yeah, we should. Little... Just because we're so schlubby. <laughs> I know. One day we'll actually get ready to make the podcast, maybe. And then we'll take a cute picture with our tea and post it on Instagram, because we know that's what you want. Instagram. <laughs> so yeah, check out the Instagram at the, the London, London Fog, Fog Podcast. Yes. On Instagram. Send us an email at londonfogpodcast at gmail.com. And yeah. we have a Twitter that we don't really use just yet. Um, I'm just not very good at it, but that's London Fog Pod, right? Yes. London Fog Pod. So, you know, you can check that out and we, we make no promises. Right? We're going to get better at it, guys, but we're super excited. I'm super stoked about all the great people that I've like started to email. Yes. That we have all of these. We'll share more of those as we get more. Mm-hmm. And just looking at the map, share us with your friends, do that whole rate, review, subscribe thing. Yeah, we'll post on Instagram how to do that in yeah. case you're wondering because I never review the podcasts that I listen to, but I promise I will review podcasts if you review ours. Yeah. <laughs> Pay it forward, guys. Anyway, have a wonderful rest of your day. Thanks for sharing a cup with us. Cheers. Cheers.